Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. Today, as we we talk about our time together today, again, living in gratitude, I've noticed, have you ever noticed the statements that we say about people that are they're having a bad day. I wrote a few of those down, and uh, like maybe this describes like who rained on your parade. Have you ever heard anybody say that when someone's having a bad day? Some other ones that I wrote down was uh, you, they must be having a bad what, everybody? Hair day. That's exactly right. A bad hair day. I don't know about that anymore. And then another one was uh, this one was pretty bad, but I'm going to say it anyways. Who wet in your Wheaties? <laughs> Maybe you say it another way, but anyways. Uh, and then uh, they must have got up on the wrong side of the bed. So all of those are, are, are phrases that we use to describe people that are having a bad day. And what I've noticed is this, is that three out of the four had to do with morning time. When you think about, you know, people doing their hair, eating their breakfast, or, or getting out of the bed... It seems like that we always go back to the time that we started our day. And so what I was thinking was this, is that if we could start our day the right way, then maybe we could have a good day all day. If we started our day with gratitude, it's amazing how the day would be filled with a good attitude. Would you agree with that, everybody? So today, I want to teach you something today. I want to teach you a Bible verse today. And I think that this verse has a power to transform every day in your life. The verse is found in Psalms 118, 24. It's a habit that I've developed. And would you say this verse with me, everybody? Let's say it. It's on the screen. You ready? Come on. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Now, what would it be like if every morning, and my goal is this. I have have an agenda today. My goal is this is that my goal is by the time we leave here today, that every time in the morning when you go to throw those covers back to get out of bed, that this verse, you will say it before you put your feet on the ground. That you would say, every, when, you, when you grab those covers to throw them back and to get out of the bed, that you would say, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. That's my goal. And so we're going to personalize this verse today, and I'm going to put it back up on the screen and share it with you. We're going to, instead of saying, let us rejoice and be glad in it, we're going to say, I will rejoice and be glad in it. All right? All right. You ready, everybody? Come on now. We're going to say this with a little excitement. So let's say, here we go. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Let's, would you just take your hand, put it in front of you like this, like you're, you're removing covers from you. And let's say it again. You ready? Here we go. Come on. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. That's right. We've got to get that motion down. Because if not, we'll just keep hitting the snooze button and get dread, dread, dread. Maybe one of those moves is instead of the snooze, we just go, this is the day the Lord's made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it. So, Today, I want to talk to you about how to live a joy-filled life. Could anybody use that in this room? Anybody watching online? Yes. How to live a joy-filled life. Right now, we are inundated with all kind of negativity. It's the political 
hype, high again. I mean, it's on, and all we see is this person's a rotten, low-life dog. This person's a sorry person. This, and we're hearing negativity, negativity. And so we have to make a choice to rejoice, everybody. Amen? And so today I want to give you three things that I think that will help you live a joy-filled life from this verse. We have one verse, that's it, one verse to memorize. And that is, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. What is it, everybody? This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. The first one is this, how to live a joy-filled life. Number one is recognize. Recognize that today is a gift from God, everybody. Today is a gift from God. You, you, you got a gift today. When you, were, when you woke up this morning, that was a gift from God. Don't you understand that, that, that today you should not take today for granted because we're not promised tomorrow. We're, promised, we're not even promised the next few hours, but we got today. Today, so again, we say in Psalm 124, this is the day the Lord has made. Now, I want you to share this little poem that I read. It says, yesterday is history, tomorrow's a mystery, but today's a gift. That's why we call it the present. Amen, everybody? It's a present from God. It's a gift from God. Yesterday's history, tomorrow's a mystery, but we have today. And so we don't need to lose today. Now, when I say the word, this is the day, that, that verse, Psalm 118, 24, this is the day, it reminds me of years ago when uh, Rhonda and I would carry our kids once a year down to Disney. We had a big travel trailer, and we would take us about a, a week or so to pack that thing up, you know, and because when Rhonda goes, you take everything. <laughs> She's the most wonderful person to camp with because you have everything, but it's, it's challenging sometimes to get everything she wants in there. So I, I tried to explain many times, there's a weight limit here. Yeah. But, but so we would, we would, about a week or so before, we would, you know, get that camper out and we'd get that trailer and we'd start loading it up and, and the kids would get so excited because they knew that we were going to, we would tell, we're going to Disney, we're going to Disney. And they'd wake up, I remember wake up, they'd wake up the week before and they'd say, is this the day, is this the day, is this the day? And we'd say, no, 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 today's not today. It's coming though, it's four days away or three days away. What? And every day they wake up, is this the day, is this the day, is this the day? And we'd like, no, 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 it's, it's not today, but it's coming, it's coming. And on the day they'd wake up that we were heading out, they would say, is this the day? And we'd say, this is the day. This is the, this is the day. Today is that day. This is the day. And then we go, it's the day. It's the day. It's the day. Yeah, it's the day. This is 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 the day that the Lord has made. This is, this is your day. It's your day. It's your day. It's your... This is, this is the day. This is the day. It's the day. The day the day. This is the day. Don't you? This is the day. You, you've been waiting for this day. This is the day. Man, what if you wake up like that? Freak some people out. This is the day. 
This is the day. Jesus said it this way in Matthew 6, 34. Would you take your pens out and circle these first three words? Don't be what, everybody? Would you circle those words? About tomorrow, God will take care of your what, everybody? He'll take care of your tomorrow, too. Now, would you circle this last little sentence here? Live one day at a time. Now, would you, you circle those two, now, would you take an arrow and connect those two? Would you connect, don't be anxious, and live one day at a time? Because that's the secret. The secret to lowering anxiety is I have today. I have today. I have today to tell you that I love you. I have today to, to, to care for you. And I have a today today to, to rejoice and be glad and be thankful about what God has provided for me. I can look at what everybody else has got and just and think about, well, how I've been left behind and how I don't have what they have. And I can get negative and I can just be convinced that my life stinks. Or I can say, no, this is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. Amen, everybody. Amen. This is the day. This is the day. So it's coming up on the screen again, our verse, Psalms 118.24. Would you say it with me today, everybody? Let's say it. This You didn't say, this is the day. <laughs> let's try it like that. Come on, everybody. I mean, we got to wake up. You ready? Come on, let's say it. You ready? Come on. This is the day that the Lord has made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Get out of my way. I'm having a good time. You can be negative, Nancy, all you want, or sour Sam, but not me. This is the day. This, this, is, you don't, this is the day. The Lord has made. So let's say that one more time. And let's just take our hands like this. You ready? We're going to remove our covers. You ready? Here we go. Come on. Let's say it. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen, everybody. Some of you are going to give your spouse a heart attack in the morning. Because when that alarm clock goes off, you're going to grab those covers and you're going to say, This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And they're going to say, Rejoice somewhere else. The second thing I'd like to share with you is this. How to live a joy-filled life is think about the good things in my past. Think about the good things in my past. The choice to rejoice is to think about the good things that have happened to you already. And everybody in this room and everybody watching right now online have had some good things happen to you. Everybody. It's amazing when we, when we start thinking about the bad things in our life and we start thinking about the things in our life that, uh, that we regret, it brings on depression. Amen, everybody. And it's amazing how much of our life we waste thinking about the things that we cannot change. We, we, listen, God cannot even change your past. 
He, he can't, God cannot go back and undo your past. God can't do that. And you can't do it either. And you, you just grind it out over and over in your mind about all the things you wish you would have done. And why did this happen to me? And you keep thinking about that over and over and over. It will sink your ship. And every day will be a depressing day. But when we learned what the scripture says, the psalmist said, this is the day. This is the, this is the day the Lord has made, and I will rejoice. Rejoice. You know what rejoicing is? Rejoicing is remembering something that brought me joy. Did you hear that, everybody? Rejoicing is remembering something that brought me joy. When you reflect back on what some, what this incident, this thing that happened, and you remember the feelings that you had when you tell the stories, and that's why, you know, when our family gets together and we start telling the stories that are, are, are stories that all of us enjoy, that we can laugh together about, it brings us great joy. But if we start telling, oh, I remember when I was 10 years old and, you know, we did this and you did this to me and I ain't forgiven you yet. When we start telling those kinds of stories, all of a sudden there's tension everywhere. And some of you keep telling yourself those horrible stories over and over again. And your life's never going to get better until you quit telling yourself those bad stories over and over again. And you start telling, looking at the good things that God has done for you and that others have blessed you with and the blessings that have come your way. Amen, everybody? Amen. It's the choice to rejoice. You get to choose your thinking. What are you going to dwell on? What are you going to dwell on? You know, in the Scripture, we find out that many times... Well, let me just read this verse, Philippians 4 and 4. Look what the, the Bible says. Look what it says. He says, rejoice in the Lord when, everybody? Always. I'll say it again, what? Always. You know when someone says something twice, they mean it. Amen? Yeah. I remember my dad saying, son, I want you to take that trash out tomorrow. I want you to take it to the road. And I would say, yes, sir. And he's, then before I go to bed, he said, now, son, I'm going to tell you one more time. Tomorrow, that trash needs to be at the road. And when he said it the second time, I knew the trash better be to the road. He wanted to make sure I got it. Amen, everybody? And so Paul wants us to get this. In the Scripture, if you will notice that many times when you're reading the Old Testament, you will see that, that even God himself refers to himself as the God of, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Other times, you'll see that other, other people will re refer to God as, a, yes, the God we serve is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They would refer to that. And so what I want to say to you is this, is that why would they do that? Because the reason that they would say that is to remind them from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they would remind them of what God had done. It was a sign of rejoicing because, see, when you have a memory of something that God has done for you and you're reminded of that, of what God has done for you, it brings joy to your heart. And that's what, you re that's what rejoicing is, is remembering a joy that has already happened, that God has already done. It's what he's already done. It's not what he's going to do. Amen? Let me explain it to you. Why would they do that? Why would they say the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Because the Jewish people knew that they would not be here if it were not for the miracle that God did for, for Abraham. 
Remember the story how that God had promised Abraham that he was going to be the father of many nations, that, that his offspring would be like the sand of the seashore. And, and for years and years, God promised that over and over. And Abraham, when he was in his 30s, it was a great promise. You know what? But no, no child was born. When he, when, when he, to he and Sarah, when he was in 40s, no child was born to he and Sarah. And when he got to 50 years of age, still no child, but the promise kept coming. And God said, I'm going I'm to make you this great nation. And you, you're going to be the father of this great nation. But in the 60s, he got in his 60s, no child. He got in his 70s, and there was no child. And finally, Abraham said, God, I'm, I appreciate the promise, but Lord, we, you and I both know it ain't going to happen. And Sarah, Sarah just, she, matter of fact, when she heard the promise, she started laughing. She said, because I'm, a, I'm an old woman and he's an old man. It ain't going to happen. But I can tell you that, that God kept giving the promise. And when, when Abraham had said, God, I'm going to believe you for the promise. But Lord, I don't, I don't know that I'm, it's going to happen the way that I think it's going to happen. Maybe you just, maybe I misunderstood you. And something happened when he was about 99 years of age. All of a sudden, he got excited in his tent. He decided he had to go see Sarah in her tent. And before you know it, they had a baby on the way at 99 years of age. That is the Holy Ghost working. <laughs> it, what, what, what I'm trying to tell you was, is that a miracle, when God promises something, everybody, you can count on his promise. And every time that they say, we, are, we serve the God of, Abra, of, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, what they were saying is, is that we still remember the God that promised our forefather Abraham that he'd be the father of many nations, even though we doubted him, even though Abraham doubted, doubted him, even though Sarah doubted him, that God showed up. And if you've got a promise from God, you can hold on to that promise because He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he keeps his word. Amen. You see, you can have peace when you got a promise. Rejoice. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice in it. I will rejoice. I will rejoice because of what God has already done. Your faith will grow when you keep looking back at the hand of God in your life. If you keep asking, where are you, God, then your faith is not going to grow. But when you look back, you can see where he has been. And if he's been there, he will be in the future. Amen, everybody? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is your God as well. And he does miracles. He does miracles. So on the screen, let's say our words. Here they are. This passage, Psalm 118, 24. Let's say it. Here we go. You ready? Come on. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Come on. Let's get our covers ready. Let's say it. You ready? Come on. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. So don't you feel better already? This is the day. This is the day. So I have a next step for you. It's on your connection card. It says, I will do my best to think about the good in my past. Will you check that box? We're going to pray for you because that is a spiritual battleground right there. Quit thinking about what a horrible parent you were. Your kids would be better. 
Quit thinking about, you know, well, you know, well, if my parents would have treated me better, this would have been better. Quit thinking about how that everybody else got it better than you. You was the last one picked for the game. Quit thinking about all that stuff. And think about the good things that God has done for you. Amen, everybody? This is better than you thought you was going to get in it. We ain't done yet. The third thing I'd like to share with you is this. How to live a joy-filled life is practice contentment in Jesus. Practice contentment in Jesus. Again, our verse, he says, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice. Rejoice, we said, was remembering previous joys. Then he said, be glad in it. Be glad in it. You know, you have to choose sometimes to be glad. Again, the choice to rejoice. Choosing to be glad. I want to tell you something that our church is making a difference. I got a text message this week from one of our county officials. He said, Jeff, I just want to say thank you for your prayers and the good your church is doing. Because I want you to know that bridges are being built and walls are being torn down in our community. That things are not the same as they were a year ago. You know why? Because we made a decision that we were going to be glad as a church. Everybody else could be mad at each other, but we weren't going to be mad at them. We decided that we was going to love them the biblical way. That means that we was going to do good to other people no matter how we felt. And we decided that we would wake up every day and we'd ask this question, what good can I do today? And I want to tell you, because you're doing that and because we as a church are going out and, and touching our community and we're, and we're serving our community, guess what? It's tearing down spiritual strongholds that have been here for years and decades and decades and now they're coming down. And guess what? Unity is beginning to happen in our community. Why? Because we made a decision. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and we will be glad in it. Amen. And the way that we show that we're glad is we do good for other people. Why? Because when you, when, you, when you do good things, it makes you feel good. Amen, everybody? It feels good to do good. Oh, my goodness. The enemy of contentment, oh, my goodness, is this, is contingent contentment. You know, you ever bought a house, they said, well, we got these contingencies here. A contingency is like a what if or, or, or if. So we have these contingent, contingent, I'll be content when I have that baby. I'll be content when I get a better job. I, I'll, 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 I'll be happy when I can go to another school. I, I'll, be, I'll be happy when I get married. I, I'll be happy when I have a better income. You see, all those are contingent. And, and so if you're waiting until then to be happy, you'll never be happy. You've got to make a decision to be happy right now. And you're as happy as you're choosing to be right now. You say, oh, Pastor, you don't know. You don't know. No, I don't know. But I know that everybody in this room is going through something. And every one of us has got to make a choice to rejoice or because the enemy of our soul will constantly point to the, all the bad things that are happening in our life and all the bad things happening in the world. But we are greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Jesus Christ reigns in us. And we're happy. Amen. 
We're people that are glad. We're, we're going to rejoice in the Lord, and we're going to be glad in Jesus Christ. It's not about what's going on in my life. It's about what he's done for us and that he's alive and well and that he's the Lord of lords and the King of kings, and he's the master of my soul, and he's the master of your life, and he's got the whole world in his hand. It's not about what I see. It's about what I know that God's got it. Amen, everybody. God's got it. You see, contagious contentment will rob you of your joy and it will turn your world into worries. Paul said it this way, I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. That's the secret to happiness, everybody. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. Here it is right here, everybody. For I can, everybody say, I can. I can do all things through Christ. Who wants everybody? Gives me strength. That's the secret. Contentment only comes in Jesus. It only comes in Jesus. There's a lady in our church who invited me to come and be a part of a seminar that she was doing on gratitude. And I accepted the opportunity the invitation, and I went and spoke. But I listened as she spoke because her name is Diane Carter. This is her picture. She's among us today. Because what got me there was the thinking about this woman because for two and a half years, she fought a battle with cancer. I've watched her ride this roller coaster of highs I feel like, okay, we're through this, it's over, I'm better, and to get another report to say, no, it's back. And here this woman is wanting to do a seminar on gratitude. Less than a year ago, her husband, a 59 who is healthy as anybody I knew, died of a massive heart attack, who was primarily her caregiver to help her get back and forth to doctors. After his death, she had a major family crisis. But every time that I talk to Diane, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And she says, God's promised he's going to heal me. And I'm going to hold to that promise, so I'm good. I don't understand. I've never walked that road, but looking just, just looking as a human being, I don't know how anybody could live with such a positive spirit and attitude and gratitude as she chooses to do. Today, what I want to tell you is this, is that you can have hope because of Jesus Christ. That's her hope. That's your hope as well, no matter what you're going through. And what I would say is this to you. I would say, since... Since nobody can take your Jesus, then nobody can take your joy. 
since nobody can take your Jesus, nobody can take your joy. You can be glad in it. You can, re you can say, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and I will be glad because Jesus is alive. See, failure can't take your joy because Jesus is greater than your failure. Sickness can't take your joy because Jesus is greater than your sickness. He is a great physician. Death cannot take your joy because Jesus has conquered death, hell, and the grave. And you and I, if you have Jesus Christ living on the inside of you, we know that it, to die is to gain. Amen, everybody? When, when I leave this world, I'm stepping into that world where there's perfect peace and there's no weeping and there's no crying, there's no mourning, there's no pain in heaven, everybody. So I know to live is Christ, but to die is gain. You see, what I'm trying to tell you is this. What I'm talking about today, the world didn't give it to you, and the world can't take it away. What I'm trying to tell you is this joy of the Lord, this, this, this joy, this peace, this comfort, the reason that you can wake up every morning and say, this is the day, this is the day. The Lord is made, and I'll rejoice and be glad in Why? Because we got a risen Savior, everybody, that's got the whole world in his hand, and he's got my life in his hand. He's got your life in his hand, and he knows what you need. He knows where you are. And listen, the world can't give that kind of joy, and the world can't take it away. Amen? The world didn't give it to me, and the world can't take it away. The world did not give this to me, and the world will not Take it away, amen, everybody. Stand with me. Hallelujah. What you have in Jesus Christ is greater than anything you could ever have from any other source. Today, if you're not a Christian today, you need Jesus. Look at, look at me just a second. I want to look everybody in the eye. You need Jesus. Because if you don't have Jesus, friend, what are you going to do when you get that bad doctor's report? Who are you going to, what are you, what are you going to look to? When, that, when you have that financial crisis and it looks like there's no way, what are you going to do? Who are you going to look to? When your marriage is on the rocks, and you're looking divorced right now. Who are you going to look to? When all your friends seem to walk away, who are you going to look to? He's a Savior. He's the Savior. And you will only be content when you have Him in your life. So right now, if you just bow your heads with me, we're going to pray that prayer and ask Jesus to come into your life. So if that's you, you say, Jeff, I just, I need the Savior today. I need to be saved today. I want you to pray this prayer after me. In your mind, not even out loud. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today and ask you, please come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I need you, Jesus, to save me. Save me. Help me in this life. It's too much for me. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Thank you for saving me, Jesus. Amen and amen. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. 
If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.